everybody. Welcome to Wrong Term Memory. My name's Jack. And my name's Colin. Jack, I won't ask you how you are because I've been speaking to you for the last half hour or so and we just recorded the end of last week's pod literally two minutes ago. So there's a sneak behind the curtains, folks. That's it, yeah. So it's basically a pretty cold start. We're just going to dive straight into the second part of um, a friend and boss on Heart and Hand speaking about presidents, mate. Well, I'm going to stick this in at the start, actually, before we wrap up at the end. Leave a five-star rating, and that's the end of it, basically, Colin. Yeah, please do. So um, you're going to really, really enjoy this. So leave a five-star rating while you do, and um, we'd really, really appreciate that. So thank you very much. Yeah, so here's Davey speaking about, I think it's Abe Lincoln now. So we will One of the ones. Soon, guys. Yeah, that's it. One of the big ones. Well, on to the, the next guy then, who's considered the best one. We're not going to go too deep into his actual political career. I'll let you take this one, Colin, because yourself and David are both wrestling fans. Yeah, Davey, you're a bit lapsed these days, but traditionally you're a big wrestling fan. And Abe Lincoln was well known for really throw it down in the ring. Um, he was only defeated once, I think, in 300 matches um, and made it to the Wrestling Hall of Fame with the honour of Outstanding American. That's a pretty good record, that, isn't it? Yeah, it's not Forget bad. all the uh, presidential stuff. That's the good stuff there. Yeah, he was a, a proper wrestler. We're not talking. He didn't wear spandex. Not DDTing anybody or anything like that? No, no. no, no that, like the old college stuff with the headband and stuff, isn't that it? That was it, the old Greco-Roman stuff. And he was very good. He, he was six foot four, but wiry. Very yeah, strong. I was going to say that, wiry. Yeah, yeah very, very strong. But in terms of grappling, he had you know the body for it because he had the length and the size and whatnot. And yeah, he was a, a tremendous wrestler. It's just, I've always found it a bit strange how big a thing American uh, schools have, like the wrestling team and how big a deal it is. I don't think, and certainly not in Scotland and Glasgow, I just don't think they would encourage fighting in no. any way really in the schools. It would end in bus noses, let's face Can it. Can you imagine it? You know, I, I don't think it would be a great idea to encourage the kids to go in. That's why you don't get boxing in schools as well up here, because it would just end up in a 15-man brawl, wouldn't it? Yeah, or else you're literally, you're you're basically training the next army, but it's not the army that MD wants. <laughs> no, <laughs> basically, you're just very fair. bad enough, these teenagers running amok during supposed lockdown and stuff. If they're out there with boxing gloves and wrestling mats, then God help us. Um, Before we get the to the next, next headline, one. I will battle through these three very quickly. We've got um, Ulysses S. Grant, he loved a cigar, uh, smoked at least 20 a day, died of throat cancer. Of throat cancer, yeah. yeah. Shockingly enough, yeah. Yeah, that got him. Uh, the first Siamese cat to arrive in America was sent as a gift to Rutherford B. Hayes and his wife. Uh, it was called Lucy by the American consul in Bangkok. This short and sweet, elegant Arthur, uh, Chester A. Arthur, he owned 80 pairs of pants, and that's he all did. I have for him. He did. He did indeed own 80 pairs of pants. Controversial guy, Chet Arthur, because he got the presidency. He was the, the vice president and he was only added to the ticket because there was a big fight going on in the Republican Party at the time about whether or not you should be allowed to kind of make money from being a politician by, okay. you know, patronage and giving your friends jobs and stuff. And he was very much of the wing that was for it, whereas the president, a guy called James Garfield, was not. He was against it. And they put the two of them on to kind of keep the party, both wings of the party, happy. But then 200, well, 80 days, 200 days is when he dies, 80 days into his presidency, a guy shoots James uh, James Garfield and says, I killed him so that Chet Arthur would be the president because I'm one of his guys. Oh. So poor old Arthur had loads of allegations that he'd put him up to it, which he didn't, he hadn't. 
but even so, and apparently spent a lot of time praying at the, the president's bedside that he would recover because he didn't want, he knew what people would say. The president would have recovered if it wasn't for his doctor, uh, a Dr. Bliss, who at one point genuinely to try and get the bullet out, basically fisted him right. without washing his hands. And eventually the president developed MRSA, as we call it, and died. Um, next clue, David. This president married his adopted daughter. Oh, God, that is a uh, big fat. Oh. Uh, Grover Cleveland. Yes, well done, you got there. Yeah. Do you know the story or do you want me to tell it? Yeah, basically, it was his, his law partner. Uh, again, they were very, very close. Uh, he died, and most people thought that Grover would, would marry. Grover took over looking after the family, and most people thought he'd marry the widow, but he didn't. He married the 21 year old daughter instead. Very happy marriage, incidentally. Yeah, I think the father died in 1875 uh, when the daughter was just 11. He sort of took over guardianship duties of her. And um, when she began college, they began a romantic relationship then. And like you say, they were married when she was 21 years old. So she became the youngest first lady in history. Yeah, her mother did think that uh, Cleveland was going to propose to her. Um, So she got a bit of a shock when (laughs) it was actually her her daughter. He went to see her, you know, to ask for the daughter's hand in marriage. And she (laughs) thought he was coming to... Um, he killed two people, um, Grover Cleveland. He was the sheriff of a town in New York, so it wasn't quite your, you know... Erie County? Uh, aye, it wasn't quite your, your kind of Wild West stuff. But he, um, as the sheriff, there were two death sentences to be carried out, and it was him that pulled the lever of hanging. Um, he didn't have to do it, but he said, no, you know, I, I, I'm the, the sheriff, I should do it. Uh, said it haunted him the rest of his life, but yeah. Two people. Yeah, got him the nickname Buffalo Hangman. Yep, that's him. He's the only president to have two non-consecutive terms as well. So when it comes to counting presidents, you kind of take one away, basically, because this guy was number 22 and number 24. That's right. You know, if, if you see the number, but they they count them twice. You know, been 40, 46 presidents now, but 45 men. And they have been all men. I'm not being sexist. Yeah, they have indeed. Uh, Benji, Benjamin Harrison. Um, he was the first president of electricity in the White House, but he was he was shit scared of it and uh, didn't want to get electrocuted. So understandably, he, he would never, he would, yeah, he would never uh, touch the uh, the light switches. Basically, he would get other people to turn the lights on and off for him. Yeah, don't blame him. If I was the president, I'd be the same. If the wiring was dodgy, Colin, come here. I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> president, a lot of presidents have like the like pets and we've mentioned a few of them before and uh, William McKinley had a yellow-headed Amazon parrot named Washington Post and <laughs> it kind of had official official duties basically as a White House greeter and it would sing the song Yankee Doodle Dandy basically, the president would whistle the first few notes and Washington Post would then finish the rest. He was one of the how many have been assassinated? Four? Four. Four. Yeah so he always wore this red carnation on his lapel as a good luck charm, basically. And he was greeting a line of people in 1901 and he gave the flower away and seconds later was shot. What do you think of lucky charms, David? Is <laughs> anything in this? Or is this, again, is this apocryphal or is this something that actually happened? That happened, yeah. Um, he wasn't supposed to do the... The meet and greet, if you like, yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't supposed to do that. He uh, added it to his schedule, and a very early version of the Secret Service. It's not like what it is now. Took it off, and then he put it back in, and they took it off, and then he put it back in, and he had this 
kind of like, I suppose, a greeting toss, you might say, where he was very good at shaking somebody's hand while pulling them round and basically shifting them, you know, away from him. So it was oh. like, hello, good to meet you, whoosh. And then the next one. And he could apparently meet something like 200 people within a minute. He could shake 200 hands <laughs> in a minute. And he's going through this. And, and he's one of the, the kind of kinder US presidents because here's a fundamental difference between a great man and me. He was he was shot by a guy called Leon Cholgash, who was a, an anarchist. Anarchy was quite, well, actual anarchy was quite a prevalent political thought at that time. There was assassinations all over, political assassinations all over the world. And they thought that what they would do was eventually, you know, cause a revolution. And uh, this guy, Leon Cholgash, shot him and the crowd went for him. And McKinley went, don't hunt him. See if it was me. I'd fucking tear that bastard apart, limb for limb. I'd, I'd encouraged the mob, but he basically saved Cholgash's life. Although didn't last very long because clearly after he was convicted he, he was killed yeah Teddy Roosevelt like he he's my favourite president ever he was like a proper hard man like he had asthma as a child and then sort of thought to himself fuck this um, I'm going to get all hardy and hardcore and he became like this cowboy president but my favourite story about him is like he actually got shot uh, mm. in Milwaukee and he said I don't know if you fully understand I've just been shot but then coughed into his hand, he went right okay there's no blood coming out so it's not in my lungs so I'm going to complete my my speech and he done a 90 minute speech basically yeah. with this bullet lodged in his chest Colin we've covered Teddy Roosevelt on previous shows on over in heart and hand I love the guy, I think he's brilliant any thoughts he's on got, yourself? He's just, yeah he's, just, he's got stories that are kind of out with the norm for presidency You don't. He's kind of, you would compare him a bit to Putin I suppose in some ways and that he's he's all with the outdoors life, animals life, out hunting, all doing things that you don't normally associate with presidential duties and stuff like that, which makes him pretty interesting, isn't it? His mum and his wife died on the same day, which is a pretty spectacularly unlucky thing to have happen to you. But yeah, he was he, he was he was brilliant, as as Jack says, he's he's dad. He he changed the presidency totally because you did this series of really weak men after Lincoln, and the presidency had become. Bit of an afterthought. It was Congress that was running the country, oh. and it was Roosevelt that went, "Nah, fuck this," and really became what the modern presidency had, the the action presidency, as it's called, and that that was down to him. He was an incredible guy. He, um, <laughs> it, it was him who was behind the, the building of the Panama Canal, and uh, as part of it, they they needed to get you know Panama to agree to it. And they wouldn't, the government in Panama wouldn't. Again, Spain had, had a lot of interest in there. Uh, so the, he, he caused, he fermented, and the American government paid for a revolution in Panama. And the new people coming in went, yeah, you can build a canal. So uh, he, was, he, he was a guy who knew what he wanted. Yeah, like I said, I'm a big fan of him. I think he's, um, his parents were, I don't know the technical term for it, but like outdoor Christians, basically. And the way to serve God back then was to be fit and strong. It was, uh, well, basically the man was the leader of the family. He had to be fit and strong. And um, obviously he took he took after that. He used to tie a bit of rope across flowing rivers and literally dangle from it. And if he let go, he would die. Almost, basically. like You were almost guaranteed to, to die. But he thought to himself, right, I don't want to be a little, a little girl, basically, and would do... All sorts of stuff like that. Uh, we've got Big Bill, uh, William Tate, uh, the biggest president in American history. Taft, sorry. Yeah. yeah, He was so big that he once got himself wedged uh, into the White House bathtub 
and had to get his advisors to help him out. Anything on William Taft apart from him being a big, big motherfucker, basically? Uh, basically that, yeah, he was, he was huge. <laughs> uh, he didn't really want to be the president, um, William uh-huh. Taft. He wanted to be the... He wanted to be a justice on the Supreme Court. That was his ambition. He was very highly regarded. He, he'd been the American governor in the Philippines when the Philippines was an American territory. And he'd done some great work. But uh, he was his best friend was Theodore Roosevelt. And Roosevelt handpicked him to be the president that followed him because he thought that Taft would continue his policies. And then Taft didn't. Taft kind of went his own way. And eventually, Roosevelt forms a third party and stands against them. And of course, those two split the Republican vote, which lets Woodrow Wilson win. Rather uh, rather sweetly, though, they did make up and they became friends again. And then later in life, and he's the only president this has happened to the uh, ex-president, he did become the, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court and actually later swore in president. Um, because, of course, it's the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court that administers the oath at inaugurations. And he's so far the only ex- the only president who has both taken and given that oath of office. Oh, see, I love wee facts like that. I never knew that at all. Um, you mentioned Woodrow Wilson there. Um, his face is on a $100,000 bill. He, he was the guy that formed, the, or the, the Federal Reserve, rather. Yeah, a $100,000 bill. I had a 50. Somebody gave me at Christmas that I couldn't fucking spend. I had to take to the bank. So, Christ knows how you got me a $100,000 bill. Imagine trying to get change for that. I get it to a taxi driver. Uh, I've no change night, pal. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Is that true? Getting <laughs> smaller. Sorry, mate. No, just a $100,000 bill. Uh, we've got Warren G. Harding. He loved a bit of poker. Uh, he used to hold weekly games at the White House and supposedly uh, lost an entire set of official White House China in a game. Yes. Just reminds me of like the fucking Only Fools and Horses, you know, they're flinging in watches and. Oh, right. uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I'll get the, the chain out and I'll bet the, that. Yeah. This was, uh, it was actually Theodore Roosevelt's daughter Alice said this that um, she visited the White House. Remember, this is during Prohibition and she said, and there was every conceivable type of liquor that you can imagine in there. Uh, he had a rare old time of it, but unfortunately for him, he wasn't personally corrupt but he was fucking useless. Um, and he basically got elected because he, he, he looked like, you know, he was a very handsome guy. He looked very presidential. And he didn't <laughs> he he didn't want to do anything. And the Americans wanted that after World War One. They wanted they were fed up with us, you know. He invented a word called normalcy. He meant to say normality, but his presidential <laughs> campaign became back to normalcy and Americans took to it. But unfortunately for him, the people who basically manoeuvred them into the president didn't say, you know, the backroom deal guys, they were bent. They were absolutely corrupt. And all these scandals engulfed his presidency, Teapot Dome scandal, various other ones, um, where he had his pals were making out like bandits, you know. These days, the equivalent amounts of money we're talking, you know, $150 million that they were siphoning off, that type of thing. And the stress of it killed him. He had a heart attack. You mentioned Alice Roosevelt there. She's one of my sort of favourite characters as well from back in the day because she was a bit of a hellraiser and she used to <laughs> smoke in the White House roof because Teddy told her you'll never smoke under my roof. So she went, I oh, will fuck you. And <laughs> went up there, smoked on the roof. I think she had a pet snake. I think she buried voodoo dolls of the president's wives on the, the White House land and was barred, I think. I think a couple of presidents barred her from coming anywhere near the... Just anywhere near the White House. It's like, she's not allowed in. 
she's a maniac. I like that a little bit, of, a little bit of hell raising. Uh, but we'll we'll move along to um, Calvin Coolidge, only president to have been born on the fourth of July, and uh, had a mechanical bull. Like one of those things you would get in, like a bucking bronco thing. Yeah, yeah, one of those things you get in bars in Ibiza. And every afternoon he would he would schedule an hour and he would go away and ride his bucking bronco and then come back to the office. <laughs> Superb. <laughs> Herbert Hoover, his son had two pet alligators. Possibly the most talented man that ever was in that office. Literally saved millions of lives during World War One and after right. World War One because starvation was all over the continent right, right, and yeah. he organised the the relief effort. Brilliant man, self-made millionaire, one of the worst presidencies of all time because the Wall Street crash happens in it and he didn't have a fucking clue what to do about it. Next up for you then, David, here's our clue. This president rode around in Al Capone's car. FDR. Correct, yes. Based the story when Al Capone went to prison for tax evasion the US Treasury Department impounded his car, um, but rather than just letting it kind of sit around in storage, the government actually pimped their ride, so to speak, and turned it into a high-security presidential transport, and FDR used it frequently, uh, particularly in the days following the attack in Pearl Harbor, when there was a lot of worries about his safety. There's quite, there's quite a lot of synergy in that, so I quite like the idea of the president kicking about in Al Capone's car. I like that a lot. There's no, no point letting it go to waste. It, so, uh, FDR was paralysed from the waist down. He did polio and uh, it left him paralysed to the waist down. There are uh, 17 seconds of footage of this in total and three photographs of him in his wheelchair. That's it. And the press at the time agreed not to ever use them. Uh, So the vast majority of Americans didn't know that he was paralysed. Wow, I never knew that. There you are. He used to, he had these leg braces that he basically got locked into and he would deliver speeches standing. But, uh, you know, he had to be helped with his walking. Yeah, genuinely, the, during the war, you know, Washington, uh, Washington uh, Churchill and Stalin knew. I mean, the, the people around them knew. But the American public in the main did not know, no. And it's, it's interesting to think about whether or not these days, would somebody in a wheelchair be elected? I don't know. Yeah, you need to show your veracity and how fit yeah. and strong and manly you are, and yeah. you need to rule, basically rule the world or be one of the most important people in that world. And I suppose if you're seen as being weak in any way, it just gives your political adversaries chance to attack you and say, well, look at you, basically, which, again... It's a little bit, a little bit shady. Uh, he married his fifth cousin, Eleanor. Hello, friends. Colin here. The looks, the charm, and the brains behind Drunk Term Memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a one-pound tier, where you get absolutely hee-haw, other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate life is a little bit shit just now and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people then we will. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory and you'll be able to get early access to shows ad free and lots of bonus content. was also 
Teddy Roosevelt's niece. Yeah, and he was related as well, um, vaguely. They all were, uh, Americans will try and kid you that they've never had an aristocracy. Yes, they have, um, have done for years, and these guys were very much part of it. Bit of a shagger as well, FDR. Um, and actually, when he died, he had uh, he was with two women who weren't his wife, which which kind of hurt Eleanor, who also was one of the biggest political figures of the the twentieth century. But uh, he was he was uh, second always to Lincoln in the in the polls. He's always going to be because obviously leads America at the Great Depression and of course World War Two. So Eleanor was like uh, first lady. Was she one of the was she front and central? Yeah, she was active. I mean, first lady before that had a role, but it was like hostess role, you know, the, the social aspect of it, um, which was big. Andrew Jackson had a, a massive fallout with members of his cabinet because uh, because of the wives, basically, that, that lasted for two years. So it was important, but she was the first one who got politically engaged and, and went out you know, and did things and whatnot. And people, some people didn't like it, but she was very politically engaged about causes that she believed in. And, and that, you know, these days it's it's common. The, the first lady will have a, she, you know, has a, a, a section of the White House and has a staff and everything. We expect that now. Like Homer J. Simpson, the S in Harry S. Truman, yeah. does it mean anything? Does it? Doesn't mean anything, no. From what I could garner, he's couldn't quite decide in a middle name. So they sort of settled on the letter S in honour of his maternal grandfather, mm. a guy called Solomon Young, and his paternal grandfather, uh, Anderson Ship Truman. Yeah, why not just go with Solomon Ship? I don't know, but... Uh, <laughs> SS? Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. Um, <laughs> but uh, he fought World War One. actually fought in it over in uh, over in Europe in the trenches, uh, was a commander, yeah, uh, he commanded his own, his own group, and... Uh, uh, just a, a very average man in his life. If you look, he was he, he owned a, a haberdashery shop that didn't do well, and then he entered local politics. He was part of what you call a machine politics, which was one of these kind of fairly corrupt groups. Although he himself was said to be quite politically honest, um, and through that he kind of rose in the ranks. But he eventually becomes vice president because he's the only one the whole Democratic Party can agree on. More because he's inoffensive rather than for anything he's done. But of course, FDR dies not long into his fourth term and, and he's the president that has to oversee the end of the war and makes possibly the biggest decision in, in US presidential history to, to drop the atom bomb. Yeah, that's a biggie. For sure. Yeah, it's quite quite a biggie. Um, yeah. And I love the Onion headline that says uh, Nagasaki bombed because second bomb would just have sat around anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so, so we're kind of going from war heroes and stuff like that, and then we've got Eisenhower, who really fucking loved golf, and he put a putting green at the White House and played more than 800 rounds while in office, which was a record. I don't know if it still is. I was going to say that, if it's still a record, because there's been a lot of talk about the golf that Trump played, hasn't there been? Mm. Yeah, but he's got a spot in the World Golf Hall of Fame uh, in the Lifetime Achievement category, so we're going from that to guys who like to play to play golf. JFK as well. Again, we're not going to get into the his actual presidency, but massive James Bond fan, supposedly. Yeah, well, I mean, it's that era, isn't it? And yeah. uh, he liked the books, um, but uh, funnily enough, I, I just a couple of months ago bought some aftershave that JFK wore that, that hasn't been on the market for a number of years. To be fair... Having smelled myself in it, I can understand why he did so well with the women. 
<laughs> uh, what's it called? What is it? It's called Eight and Bob. Right, okay. As an Eight uh, and Bob. And uh, yeah, apparently he, it was uh, some French, you know, kind of nobilities private scent and he sent a bottle of it to JFK and he was like, oh, that's great. And the reason the name came is he said, could you send me eight bottles and one for Bob, the the driver? <laughs> and right, okay. Eight and Bob, and it was very popular in the 60s, obviously, with JFK Mania, um, and then it was off the market for years, but they brought it back out last year. Um, it was very nice, I've got to say. The next one I'm going to talk to you about, David, is a president who pretended to crash cars in order to test people's character. LBJ, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, on his ranch, uh, he would drive about cars and golf buggies and open-top cars and stuff, and as you say, drive at high speed towards the lake just to put the shits up the people he was in a car with. He would get have advisors in to have meetings while he was in his bed, or in, <laughs> he would be having a, um, a Tom Kite and... Advisors would all have to stand outside the door <laughs> while he while he did it. Possibly the only president to use the phrase "these trousers are too tight." Half of them are up my bunghole. Uh, a very uh, a real character, LBJ. Absolutely, and um, you could fill a library with the stories about him. Yeah, he's kind of um, kind of proud of his banger. He was very his pecker, as he called it. Um, uh, jumbo. There's a jumbo, yeah, and apparently it was something to be proud of, incidentally. Um, David Lloyd George, the British Prime Minister, the same, apparently had a uh, a weapon of choice. But the the best LBJ story was uh, was earlier in his career when he was running for uh, another term in, in Congress. And he, he told his, his, his assistants, I want it spread around the, the county, that my opponent basically has has sex with barnyard animals <laughs> and oh, his assistant said but congressman we can't put out that this guy's a pig fucker no one will believe it and lbj said oh i know but i just want to see him have to deny it <laughs> <laughs> yeah superb call my man we plodded along in china the most well-known western names are <laughs> jesus christ elvis presley and richard nixon what are your thoughts on richard nixon david because I don't know a hell of a lot about him, but um, from what I've read, his favourite snack was cottage cheese with ketchup, and uh, he liked yoghurt as well, and used to fly in from California every day. Yeah, he had the same thing for lunch every day, and it was cottage cheese flowing in from California to to Washington. He was a bizarre man. Nixon is the most famous presidential fuck-up of all time, because he's the, the only president that's ever had to resign from office, which he did in 1974 after the, the Watergate uh, fiasco. I'm obsessed with Watergate, Nixon's presidency. Uh, he's, he's the guy that's got a, a very, if you like, almost a special hold on me. Um, uh, as I'm sitting here right now on my desk, I have one of a Richard Nixon pen that he used to, one of the pens, when, when they're signing a new law, they have a ceremony at which the president, every time he, he needs to do his signature, he uses a different pen and he, they're given out to members of the audience who've been invited along as a as a sort of perk and I bought one of them when I was over in Las Vegas from a, a memorabilia shop uh, so yeah uh, Nixon's, I was going to say he's a show on his own, he's about five shows on his own very strange man, he was a politician who didn't like um, people 
and he yeah, wasn't good. Yeah. He, he, he wasn't good with people, but he did all the sort of glad handing and stuff that he had to to get involved uh, in it. Brilliant man, you know. Some of the stuff he achieved was extraordinary, but torn apart by his jealousies and his hatred. And the the apocryphal line about him actually comes from Oliver Stone in his movie Nixon, where it's Nixon looking at a portrait of JFK, and he says, uh, "When they look at you, they see who they want to be. When they look at me, they see who they are." Um, and yeah, okay. It, it's not known if he said that or not, but it's a brilliant description of him. Gerald Ford. Yeah. Next. Next up, Gerald Ford. Who a good-looking lad worked as a fashion model during college. David had even appeared on the cover of Cosmopolitan. Turned down a career in the NFL because uh, the, there wasn't that much money in it back then. Things have changed there somewhat. But yeah, yeah. very good, very good college college footballer, which did lead to to Nixon saying uh, later on about him that Gerald got hit, played too much football without a helmet because he was regarded as not being the most intellectual of the presidents not the most gifted intellectually sent up by chevy chase on saturday night live when it started um has been very clumsy and that was an image that that stuck to him and he was a bit gaff prone but uh, the only president who was never elected at all because he was appointed vice president after spiro agnew resigned and then he was appointed president after nixon resigned so he never he wasn't on a ticket in a presidential election at all not even as vice president yeah, Jimmy Carter, talking about money, he was known for a lot of things, but one in particular was his frugality. Particularly a famous story about the presidential yacht. Yeah, the Sequoia. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, um, he, he cut down on everything at the White House because he wanted Americans to save energy and save gas. So he, you know, the, the yacht went, the heating went uh, in the White House and he told people to wear jumpers. Uh, instead of when he had the the Democratic Congress leaders and senators over that they used to serve breakfast and instead they, they stopped that and they would only be able to get coffee and they were told to bring their own food, which led to the, the House Senate leader, Tip O'Neill, saying to him, Mr President, you do know we won. He was uh, incredibly tight. Despite being very, very rich, he made an absolute fortune from his peanut farm uh, in the South and he was very rich. Absolutely terrible president, but probably the best Post presidency, he's done an awful lot of humanitarian work. Wrote a children's but, book um, as well. He did, yep. Um, little baby schnigel fleeger. Um, haven't read it. Can't, no, can't, can't claim <laughs> to have much knowledge. Um, but yeah, um, and he had a, it's about a, a young boy growing up in poverty who meets an unusual deep sea creature. Well, that that fits in because he was a naval officer as well. Ronald Reagan, sort of going back here, um, in 1940, he was voted the most nearly perfect male figure. Um, he got given an award. Uh, the prize was an opportunity to pose a nearly nude uh, for an art class, learning to sculpt the human body. What are your thoughts on old old RR then? Well, he's a very good-looking man. Even as he got older, he was incredibly photogenic. And he was an actor in that Hollywood, you know, golden period where, where you would be contracted to a studio and he did loads of kind of B-movies. One of the few presidents who's, who's acted with a chimp for example, in a movie, uh, a chimp called Bonzo. So, uh, yeah, he he has he was called the great communicator because his ability, he was um, unbelievable at being able to deliver speeches sincerely and, and strike the right tone. And, of course, he was the guy that, that oversaw the, the end of the Cold War. So, you know, yeah. people, he did some bad things, he did some good things, but they'll never be able to take that away from him. We obviously covered 
earlier Washington as being unanimously voted in, but I think if you combine the electoral college results at 80 and 84, uh, Reagan defeated Jimmy Carter by 1014 to 82. It's uh, yeah, it was, that, it that was must enormous. Be, surely that that's never going to happen again, man. That is like such a doing. Oh, it was it was huge. The other the, the other biggest one is uh, the two others were Johnson um, defeating Barry Goldwater in sixty four and Nixon. You know, might surprise people um, defeating oh. McGovern in seventy two. Just huge, just total total blowouts. Because most of the time, it's not that. It depends on the electoral code. It depends on swing states. But if you actually look at the the votes, they tend to not be that far apart. They'll tend to be say say there's ninety six million votes. It'll be forty nine forty seven. You know, it, yeah. because a lot of Americans do say I am a, and that's it, and that they will vote for that party regardless so when people in Britain go how can they vote for Trump how can they vote for Bush and whatnot? well one you don't live there and two because that's their party and that's who they vote for and it doesn't really matter who the candidate is for for a lot not for everyone and it's the guys who, who do jump between the, the side elections yeah I heard that term get used recently that I hadn't heard before and it's a purple state Texas for example everybody thinks oh very very red state again when you look at the votes it's maybe like 50 56 v 44. Yeah, there's no such thing where it's 90-10 in the US. It just doesn't happen um, anywhere. It's it's too big. There's too many people, too many ethnic backgrounds. It, it doesn't it doesn't work like that. And that's why over here, when you get, as you say, these lazy perceptions of, oh, Texas, everyone's a redneck and they all vote Republican. No, they don't. It, it doesn't work like that. George Bush and his wife. See, that George Bush is the first president that I remember. Um, so we're getting into sort of recent memory for me anyway. His wife, uh, Barbara, they met as teenagers in 1941 and were married for 73 years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you have had two marriages so far and we're not even up to a quarter of that combined. He thought about naming Clint Eastwood as his running mate. About. <laughs> that would have been cool. <laughs> yeah, because I think, I think Clint Eastwood kind of held some sort of... Oh, he did. He was, he was the mayor of a, a, a mayor. small town. Yeah, right, okay. he was uh, in the late eighties. He was he was elected the mayor of a town in California. Yeah. Next up, uh, Bill Clinton. He was obviously a very charmful man. The, the ladies loved him. Um, a lot of ladies loved him. And one of the reasons behind that was his face was actually proper symmetrical. Um, <laughs> a very important component of human attractiveness. Um, so much so that he ranked in facial symmetry alongside male models and the like. That's just how beautiful Bill's face was, David. Has a very beautiful face indeed. He, uh, yes, um, Bill Clinton. Uh, if it wasn't nailed down, he would try to be up it. Yes, uh, <laughs> uh, the almost the Clintons cat almost had a, a Super Nintendo game called uh, Shocks. The cat rocks at the hill. Uh, <laughs> uh, it didn't go through, but fortunately, in 2018, there was a Kickstarter campaign and they made the game a reality. Not much of a game of myself, so I haven't played it. Uh, George W. Bush. During his uh, during his senior year of high school, he was the cheerleading captain, basically. Yes, that's right. Um, he didn't wear the uniform before anyone gets <laughs> awfully excited. Um, but yeah, he was. He was uh, the, the the guy in charge of leading the you know all the the stuff on the sidelines for his his college team. The only president I think to have ever run a marathon as well. Supposedly ran it in three hours forty four minutes. Yeah, seemed dead fast. But was he was he a fitness guy? Yeah, he was after he uh, he stopped drinking. 
Um, right, that's okay. also when he became a, a born again Christian. But one of the things he did was was fitness uh, and whatnot. But you know, quite a lot of the, the American presidents went into sport. Um, old Taft that we talked about, he actually was told by his advisors not to be pictured playing golf because it put off the working class. Golf was seen as a an elite sport, and Taft was told no more pictures of you on the golf course. And of course, Obama famously basketball. There was a pickup basketball game at the White House every day. Uh, Barry Obama, that's where he got the nickname. Um, his high school uh, teammates, basically, that came out that it was called Barry Obama. Uh, sorry, Barry Obama, because he had an awesome jump shot, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's apparently uh, very good. And yeah, well, I'm sure yeah. we've all seen the footage of that thing where he's he does the the overhand throw from ten yards away and he lands it. He was, just, yeah, he was just cool, wasn't he? He really was a cool, cool guy. Uh, so cool, in fact, that Ludacris, who is some sort of rapper guy, made he's headphones. He's in different area codes. That's a... Um, That's a rap thing. That's, yeah, that means nothing to me. But um, <laughs> he made headphones exclusively for Barack Obama and the Colombian village of Turbaco prepared a donkey to give to Barack Obama, but he <laughs> diplomatically declined... Which is fair enough, yes. Uh, listener Rory McIntyre has sent in, uh, it's not really a fact, it's just um, something he's done. Uh, January last year, uh, he was in the Capitol building in Washington on the first day Legally? Of, legally. He's actually put it in brackets, legally. Good. Well um, done. Yes, well, on I would the first day from a, of, from a Scotsman. That's it. Uh, Trump's impeachment. So, there we are. Trump's One more thing. impeachment. That's it. Uh, <laughs> don't, we're not going to get into Trump, but we will jump to... Joe Biden calling to wrap it up. Yeah, and like we'll this end, end somewhere we all love, isn't it? With the dogs. Part of the family members making their way into the White House are these two beloved German shepherds, Champ and Major. And uh, one of them is making history because Major was actually adopted from the Humane Association in Delaware back in 2018, which means he'll be the first ever sheltered dog to oh. occupy the position of first pet. Oh, first pet. I think that's a nice place to wrap it up. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I think, Jack, we, we, we did quite a lot of prep and looking stuff up. Davey, you declined to look at the notes for any of this and you've come on and just fact-bombed us out of the park here. So <laughs> thank you very, very much. I, I really enjoyed just sitting back listening. That was great. If you ever need a guy for useless shite, I'm your man. No, well, this wasn't useless. This was like... Well, uh, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. David, thanks for coming on. I had a great time. And Pleasure. Thanks, guys. You, you, you know your beans. <laughs> thanks. Much appreciated. And Colin, as always, cheers. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Speak to you soon. Right, guys. Cheers for listening. We'll speak to you soon. <laughs> <laughs>